Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and welcome to the Jewel Network. The Jewel Network is a radio frequency of continuous streaming knowledge and wisdom, which promotes and sustains the activation of the present evolutionary process of immortality and the unfolding of the God Self within the evolving planetary society presently on planet Earth. The Jewel Network is committed to teaching the sciences of life and the science of living. By cultivating the mind of a scientist, you will be able to extract the very best the current century has to offer. You're listening to the Hygiene for Humanity Show with your hosts, licensed nurses, Sharon Cole and Carol Moore. Join Sharon and Carol here every week on the Jewel Network, brought to you by thejewelnetwork.net. everyone. Greetings and welcome to Hygiene for Humanity. And if you're hearing my voice, I'm Sharon Cole here at Hygiene for Humanity. Then you know it's Tuesday afternoon and you're here with the nurses, Carol Porter and Sharon Cole, and we're here to discuss Hygiene for Humanity. And we are brought to you each week by the Jewel Network, Justifiably Enchanted, with Enlightened Living, broadcasting the science of life and living on the JewelNetwork.net. So welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome, Carol. It's a pleasure for you to be here with me and me to be here with you. I always welcome your company. How are you doing today? Hello, Sharon. I am also happy to be here um, sharing information. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Couldn't be better. And very excited about all of the things that we've been talking about. There's so much things, so many things going on. We just had our, our fall equinox. And there's so many things happening in the news. And I'm just happy that we have our steady position here. And as we sit down in our seats and get ready to uh, present to our listeners, the information that we have today. You know, we've been talking in past weeks on, you know, the physical hygiene and what we need to do to keep this physical body in the best working condition possible. So today our topic is actually going to be on a little more of one of our subtle bodies. So we want to talk about um, our emotional hygiene and what does emotional hygiene or emotional health look like. So as we um, get into the show, we'll begin to to share more of that with our listeners. And as always, if you have a question or a comment, you can feel free to uh, write it in the chat room, or you may call in to speak with us at 347-215-9531. So uh, we're going to uh, take a moment and take a station break. We want to hear what our sponsors have to say, and when we come back, we're going to um, get into the information on, you know, what what an emotion is, what a feeling is, what exactly is this emotional body that we hear so much about. So we want to bring some clarity to that, and like I said, we welcome your comments. 
So please stay tuned, get comfortable, get yourself some water if you need to, and um, stick around for our talk. We have a lot to share with you. So with uh, no further ado, we will hear from our sponsors. Let's change the world together. Let's bring greater peace, intelligence, and spiritual connection to our lives. All this and much more can be yours by enrolling in Dr. Jewel's Balancing Program. In as little as 15 minutes a day, you can enjoy the physiological effects equal to 8 hours of meditation. For more information and to sign up for my revolutionary mind-enhancing brain-balancing program, please visit drjewelsbalancingprogram.com. One hundred years ago, it was not conceivable that we could control all forms of matter with our thoughts. Hi, I'm Dr. Jewel, and I know that sounds incredible, and together we can explore this and many more incredible scientific realities through my latest book, Straight from the Heart. It's an exciting outpouring of information that you will read and explore over and over again. Get your paperback or ebook copy of Straight from the Heart today at www.thejewelnetwork.net. And I am here with Cal Porter and here to talk to you today about emotions and feelings. So um, I'd like to start out with what the dictionary actually describes or says a feeling is. So according to dictionary.com, a feeling is the function of perceiving by touch. A physical sensation not connected to sight, hearing, taste, or smell. So that is the what the dictionary has to say about what a feeling is. Um, I also um, would like to share with you what our uh, one of uh, my trusted books that I always rely on that has been recommended um, by Dr. Jewell, the founder of uh, TJN and the Balancing Program, is a book by Arnold Patton called You Can Have It All. He also has other books that he's authored, um, Bridges to Reality and The Journey. So according to Arnold, feelings are vibrations of energy that possess an infinite range of qualities or textures. And when we allow the energy of our feelings to move freely through, around, and in us, we feel our connection, power, with wisdom. So he goes on to say that a feeling is neither good or bad, but feelings just are. So, you know, let's think about that. So feelings just are. One one feeling is not more important than the other. You know, feelings just are. And when we place labels or values or some type of interpretation on a feeling, that creates a block uh, in the energy flow of the feeling moving through the body. Now, um, 
I know Dr. Jewell always says that feelings are always to the past. And when I think about that, that is absolutely true because the only way you can have a definition or a uh, experience to relate to a feeling is because of some past experience. And we always strive to stay in the present. Now, there was an interesting... um, piece of information that Arnold had in his book, and it actually involved uh, scientists who were able to use some sophisticated equipment to actually place on individuals and monitor their vital signs, such as their heart rate. It monitored the rate and depth of breathing and body temperature along with some other uh, physiological responses. And then actually what they did is uh, they subjected these uh, individuals that were hooked up to the monitoring equipment to um, some emotional reactions. And what they found was that the opposite um, emotions or opposite states actually produced similar physiological conditions in the in the person. So uh, a... a condition that someone actually interpreted as fear produced the same response in their body as to what that person also called excitement. So I found that to be very interesting because, like I said, you know, before, we only are able to call um, or label a feeling what it is on a past experience because if feelings just are and they're allowed to you know, flow through our minds and through our bodies without an interpretation or a presupposed outcome, then there should not be any label placed on it. So this experiment um, actually showed that. What do you think about that, Cal? Well, you know what, I agree, Sharon, because um, when you think about it, we do intertwine feelings and emotion quite a bit, and we do express ourselves so much um, with feelings. And that being said, because we have put labels to this energy that we feel, that we call feelings, um, we see that in sports, we see that in um, discussions, how an individual may react depending on what the subject matter is. So um, I can actually see where... For instance, two individuals are at a movie theater or even a concert, and um, one can, they're both seeing the same information. They're both listening to the same music. One is responding and detecting that or putting the label on their energetic feeling, receiving this music as joyful, where the other may say they don't like it, they can't stand what they're hearing, and they're both hearing the same thing. So, Basically, the energy that you are feeling or getting from this music or even a movie that you're watching, you're putting a label to the feeling that you're experiencing, the energy you're experiencing by what you perceive it to be. Exactly. And have you ever had the experience when uh, someone may have been surprised at by a, a a surprise birthday party or baby shower and they're crying and 
someone might say to them, why are you crying? This is so beautiful. And they say, I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm crying because I'm happy. You know, so that's the perfect example right there. Right. These intense emotions, and it's because we put a label on them um, to define them. But, you know, I I can see that feelings just are. But because we have been conditioned to put labels on them and we call them good or bad or um, we see one condition as being better than the other as opposed to just remaining neutral and observing the situation and not attaching a particular outcome to a feeling. So, you know, I can definitely um, see that. And I see the importance of remaining neutral as opposed to assigning each uh, feeling a particular, you know, a particular value. So that's something that, you know, I, I need to practice doing, but at least I'm aware of it and becoming aware of um, how we, you know, how, how the mind works is um, the first segment of basically understanding, you know, how, why we do the things we do and why we have the reactions that we have. Right. So in other words, just be the observer rather than have an opinion on everything that you're experiencing, you know, seeing or experiencing. Right, because, you know, by by putting uh, labels on it or having an opinion, we can, you know, look at someone else's behavior and you're interpreting it, but you're interpreting it according to what your baseline is, which may not be true for them. And that causes uh, disagreements or um, some ambigu- ambiguity. How do you say that word? Causes you to be ambiguous, you know, and we really want to be, um, you know, on a, a, a plane where we can understand where the other person is coming from. So it's important that we do remain the observer. You're absolutely right. Now, a lot of times we hear the word um, emotion and feeling interchange, um, like there's uh, synonyms with one another. And I have uh, actually done that um, many times in my life, and not until I really um, started getting into Arnold Patton's um, chapter on feelings, emotions, and thoughts that I um, saw where he actually made a difference between what an emotion is and what a feeling is. So according to um, the dictionary, an emotion is uh, a state of consciousness in which joy, sorrow, or hate is experienced. And it usually is accompanied by a physiological change, such as an increased heart rate or rapid shallow breathing or some physical um, crying or shaking or it could even be confusion. So that is uh, dictionary.com's explanation of what an emotion is. And, um, you know, you can think about it. it, It's definitely the dictionary's example of an emotion and a feeling are quite different. But you can see how the two are sometimes used um, interchangeably by people when we speak. So we're going to pause for the cause and our sponsors want to speak to you for a moment. And when we come back, we're going to continue on um, 
our definition of an emotion, and I'll share with you what Mr. Patton has to say about what an emotion is. We'll be right back. With such a vast amount of research and medical investigation directed toward vitamins and minerals, it seems almost impossible to know what vitamins you need to take and what effect they'll have on your body. But not any longer. With my new book, Vitamins and Minerals from A to Z with Ethnoconsciousness, you will discover the true value and effect that each major vitamin and mineral will have on your body, mind, and overall health, and how to use vitamins and minerals to transform your health and daily life. To get my new book, Vitamins and Minerals from A to Z with Ethnoconsciousness, please visit thejewelnetwork.net. Welcome back to Hygiene for Humanity. This is Sharon Cole here, and as usual, I'm here with my co-host, Carol Porter. And we're just um, about to talk about the um, what Arnold Patton says about an emotion. And I know you wanted to share something, Carol, before we get into that. Yes, we're talking about emotional hygiene today, and we basically are keeping our information with... We're focusing on the emotional body. And, again, the emotional body is one of the subtle bodies, subtle being uh, not, not so easily easy to detect. You know, like let's look at the word subtle, so slight as to be uh, difficult to detect or describe. Um, that's according to the dictionary. So we have seven subtle bodies, and these seven subtle bodies are basically our it's it's what we some practitioners refer to as your aura, uh, your electromagnetic field. It's it's the bodies that, along with the physical body that can be seen by the eye, the outer eyes. Then the other six bodies are present, but they they are subtle. You can't actually see them. Some do, but the average person doesn't just see these bodies, an emotional body um, being one of them. So, you know, picture the earth having an electromagnetic field around it. Our bodies are like our field around our bodies. And each of these frequencies of field are a body. You have the physical body that is the most densest that we can touch. And then you have the, you have the etheric body, you have the emotional body, the mental body, the astral body, celestial body, and etheric body. And all these represent, are represented, representations of the, uh, us, the one individual human being, because everyone has a human, um, animals, and so forth. So we're discussing the emotional body today, and we're looking at how does our behavior, our life experience affect us, um, especially through the emotional body? So, again, the emotional body is a body associated. It's associated with feelings. Um, it lies um, 
it follows the lines of your human body, but it doesn't duplicate your human body. And it, you know, it extends like an an inch to a third, well, inch to three inches from your physical body. And like I said, you know, each body is vibrating. It's energy. So the emotional body, again, related to feelings, um, once we start to have feelings and put labels to feeling, as Sharon had mentioned before, um, giving it certain, you're giving it an energy when you give it um, a label, such as fear, anger, uh, grief, and each, each of these names actually express an energy in our body and how we relate to what's, whatever our perception of what's going on. And a lot of times when we start to have these emotions or feelings that we give labels to, our, we start to, um, we react to this. The body releases chemicals. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about it, um, when you describe the, the the person going to a party and crying, um, we put, you know, we oftentimes relate that to sadness. You understand? And when we hold on to certain things like sadness or grief, eventually starts to keep, um, starts to allow a blockage in our energy field, you know? So let let me kind of backtrack because I feel like I'm going a little fast here. I, we described what emotion was, what a feeling was. Sharon described what a feeling is. Mm-hmm. And um, emotions are, on the other hand, uh, interpretations of feelings. And this is according to um, this is according to um, Arnold Patton. And believe it or not, you if you if you do a lot of research and you start to getting to really um, looking at patterns of our behaviors, it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, when we choose, according to what he says in his book, you can, um, Bridges of Reality, when we choose to label our feelings described in one vibration as anger, another as sadness, or another as fear, we intensify our feelings while limiting, limiting our access to our power source. Emotions um, are defined as judgments, Attached to feelings are, in fact, designed to help us hide our power. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. So, you so know, when we attach a feelings to a thought or a thought to a feeling, as opposed to just letting the feeling come and go, and we basically remain neutral. Because states, um, there are some things like, for instance, joy and love. I have heard those basically defined not in terms of so much an emotion or a feeling, but as a state of being. You know, so just to be joyful and to be in love all the time, and that way you reflect that out to others, you mirror that out to others, and it comes back to you. Yeah, that's true, you know, because... um when it comes to emotion, if, if if it's something where you you everything you experience has to have a label on it, 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 it sort of takes the joy out of life. 
you know? It's, it's almost like someone that is going around criticizing everything that comes in their space. After a while, it's, they don't, they don't have, it's like you, you're sucking the love out of, your, out of you. You don't really have an appreciation for what's actually going on, what you're experiencing. Right, and that's a key word right there, Carol, the appreciation. You know, when we appreciate ourselves and don't withhold, because when we withhold love from others, we're basically withholding from ourselves because it takes work to actually stay angry at people. It you does. Know, it, it, it really does. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. It's work, and I don't want to have to do that type of work, not to mention judgment and criticism shuts down the immune system, it weakens it, and it causes you to age. Uh, that is true. It affects, it affects um, your organs, especially the liver. And um, when you say it causes you to age, you can, it's funny you say that because when you can look at individuals at the same length of time being on this planet, you can look at two 70-year-olds and they may not look the same, two 75-year-olds or two 25-year-olds, and they don't look the same. And that not only plays a role in physical health, but it also plays, you know, your emotional health plays a big role in how your body shapes itself. Absolutely. And and how the body shapes itself and how the organs are working, um, basically responding to the food we put in it, the thoughts we think, and our interactions with others will show in the physical body. You know, we talked on another show about uh, Beauchenne and facial diagnosis. So the physical body really does tell it all, houses it all. And uh, we're going to take a break and and see what our sponsors have to say to us this time. But when we come back, um, we want to basically discuss how our poor emotional hygiene actually translate in, into poor physical health. You know, we want to make that connection for you. So please stay tuned. Um, we look forward to sharing with you. And we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Jewel. Organo Gold provides fine coffee, green tea, and hot chocolate products blended with the remarkable mushroom known as Ganoderma, referred to by the Cantonese as Ling Shi, the herb of spiritual potency. Ganoderma improves the immune system, increases metabolism, eliminates toxins and free radicals, as well as provides energy and vitality. Organo Gold products are a delicious solution that can help ensure that your health and energy balance is one prepared for a lifestyle of longevity. Click the banner on thejewelnetwork.net or send an email to goldcoffeeforlife at gmail.com and get yours today. Network, justifiably enchanted with enlightened living, on the web at www.thejewelnetwork.net. Oh. 
Welcome back to Hygiene for Humanity. I'm Sharon Cole, and I'm here with my co-host, Kel Porter, and we've been discussing our emotional hygiene. And so I want to bring it around and basically relate to and tell you how our emotional well-being or emotional hygiene manifests in our physical body and how that looks um, and exactly how us not having uh, good emotional hygiene can um, produce symptoms in our physical body that we we don't want, basically. And one of those things um, that can manifest is cancer. Um, emotional hygiene can look different to, um, to everyone, and I'm just going to um, share a few um, instances with that um, of that with you now, just to mention um, our lymphatic system um, our lymphatic system actually works with our emotions, you know what we eat, how we communicate or not communicate, and that's called repression of communication um, all of those uh, affect how our lymphatic system is working. And the lymphatic system is seen as the um, so-called garbage disposal of the body. But it also is a mirror reflection of how we live our lives. So I came across a very informative article in uh, the Well-Being Journal. Um, This is the September-October 2014 issue, and this article was actually written by uh, a a woman named Susan Moss, and she's actually having an interview here um, by the name of Judy Taylor. So what um, Dr. Taylor actually goes on to say is that our lymphatic system works with our emotions, with what we eat, with how we communicate or repress communication. Lymph is the flow of life. And like the flow of the ocean, it needs to keep moving in order to detoxify cells. It cleanses and washes cells. When we hold on to anger or repress other feelings and words, when we are tense, tight in turn causes blockages of energy and flow that affects all aspects of our life. Now, in previous shows, I know we've talked about the energy pathways of the body, uh, known to some people as meridians, but we have at least 12 meridians in our body that flows to each and every organ. And the, the flow of the energy through those meridians has to do with the movement of the limbs, you know, one thing that I have learned about the body um, in my 25-odd years of nursing is that everything is connected, and we really cannot talk about one system without speaking about another. So our lymphatic system is designed to remove waste from our body, and when we repress our communication, which is directly a, you can call it an emotional um, repression, but when we don't speak from our heart and we play the blame, shame, judgment game, we um, basically withhold from ourselves. And this is a a behavior that is um, very prevalent in people with cancer and 
um, most profoundly breast cancer. You know, um, people with breast cancer often repress their true self. Um, It's a big um, initiator um, of grief and sadness and the lack of ability to stand for who we are and what we are. And it shows a lack of nurturing for self. And often, you know, people don't see that. You know, and they need that pointed out to them because we get so used to living um, our lives a certain way, even although we're not happy with the outcome. We're just not sure of what we're doing to attract um, certain types of behavior to us. So, you know, we need somebody else to point that out to us, to mirror that back to us. It's so important that we live each day each actually each moment in the present and let go of the past. And if we don't do that, we actually don't have a future. Because when you live in the past, you miss out on everything. And I can simply relate that to times when I've been sitting in class as a student taking notes and I perhaps miss a piece of a sentence and you find and I have found that if I get so caught up in trying to write every word that the instructor is saying as opposed to listening and just getting the gist of the whole thing and then writing my note, you get so caught up and and you're not even listening to what the the person is saying in the present because you're just writing down if you're always a sentence or two behind. So you can't be present. So, you know, the blame, shame, judgment game, you know, um, we, we, you know, have to be careful about our judgment of even ourselves which can be harsh to us. I mean, who can be more critical of you than yourself? You know, you do something, you make a mistake, and a lot of times the natural reaction would be to say, oh, my gosh, I'm so stupid. Why did I do that? And you put all this blame on yourself instead of just letting it go saying, okay, all right, uh, that wasn't exactly right, but it's okay, I'll do better next time and just keep moving and just stay present. You know, that is a much more healthy conversation to have with yourself. Right, people beat up on themselves all the time verbally, and it's um, you know, it's aren't they a lot of times not even um, cognizant of it, don't realize that's what's going on when they say things like you know, you know, when they have negative statements about whatever their um, their work, their behavior of or. Say they, you know, they did something. They tried to make an um, do an art project or do a report or some type of performance. It's like we grade ourselves all the time, not realizing, you know, a lot. Many times in the moment, you're doing the best you can, and just be, you know, just acknowledge that. And if you see that you can do better, do better rather than, you know, telling yourself negative things because that's that's verbal abuse to the self. You know, even though you're saying it to yourself, it's still a form of verbal abuse to you. So, um, you know, that's things that we have to to watch because words are power. Absolutely. And, you know, we have to be, um, you know, loving to ourselves. And we we have a tendency to actually always compare um, ourselves to other people like there's a competition, but, you know, we all come with different gifts and talents and we have to really appreciate all of those. 
and not, you know, realize that it's not a competition, you know, just I may, um, you know, decorate um, my room or whatever with certain colors and you use other colors to decorate your house and they're all beautiful. So, there, you know, there's really no criticism or judgment. It just, you know, it is. It's what appeals to you. There's no right or wrong. Now, looking at, um, as we're talking about emotions and emotional and your emotional health, uh, you know, things that go on in your life, whether it's, if you do, if you see where you are putting labels on it or if you see where you're having these um, experiences um, that are not feeling um, harmonious to you, you know, take a look and see what's going on. Why are you reacting the way you're reacting? And, you know, try to view it, try to view the experience as if you're actually outside of your body watching it happen and see if it feels the same way. You know, because, um, you know, for example, um, there's times when you could be, you could be um, driving which I see, I see um, things like this happen all the time. You're driving, and the person behind you may want to go by. And I've seen where the, the flow of traffic is going fine, and one individual may want to go faster, and instead of waiting, they may get impatient and try to go around and cause an accident. Or the individual that is going slow, may have a space to go over, and instead of moving to let the next person go, they stay and keep them behind. And then you see interactions with people on the road that's not harmonious, which we call road rage. And if you have it, you know, and I I see it having an exercise where, you know, sometimes you're going fast and you say, but wait a minute, do I really need to go fast? Do I really need to go in front of this person? Do I really need to get angry and argue with this person? We don't even know each other. You know, it's like it's a form of aggression if you're not paying attention to it on a on a different level because war is aggression, but something like that on the road is also aggression. And then that's considered uh, an emotion called anger or a feeling called anger. And when that's going on in your body, chemicals are re- being released and your body's being affected when it could have been eliminated. You know, you understand? Right. So I guess that's an example of poor emotional hygiene. When you allow what someone else does, what someone else does to basically provoke you to anger and you're causing the release of stress hormones into your blood that negatively affect your organs, your immune system. You know, there's a whole host of things that happen. So um, I do want to talk more about what emotional hygiene looks like. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss, um, you know, what emotional hygiene looks like to the average person. You know, we're going to talk about some situations. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Let's change the world together. Let's bring greater peace, intelligence, and spiritual connection to our lives. All this and much more can be yours by enrolling in Dr. Jewel's Balancing Program. In as little as 15 minutes a day, you can enjoy the physiological effects equal to 8 hours of meditation. 
For more information and to sign up for my revolutionary mind-enhancing brain-balancing program, please visit drjewelsbalancingprogram.com. Welcome back to Hygiene for Humanity. I'm Sharon Cole here with you um, along with my co-host, Carol Porter, the nurses, and we've been talking about emotional health, emotional hygiene, feelings and emotions, and basically types of uh, behaviors that lead to, we've talked about some that lead to, that are, we would qualify as poor emotional hygiene. But um, let's talk about some things that basically um, relate to good emotional hygiene. And, you know, one of the things that I think of that, you know, we as parents do all the time because we're all, you know, conditioned to stay on the clock, you know, to basically go out there and, you know, you have your job and they hold you to very stringent um rules, you have to basically punch into this clock by a certain time, and meanwhile, you know, if you have a family, you also have to deal with your family before you go to work. So, you know, a lot of times there's a conflict there, and if you, uh, you know, are rushing off and you have to drop the children off at before care and then get to work on time and, you know, you got to pack their lunch, there's just a whole host of things that go along with that, and um, even after work, the child may have to go to aftercare because the, the time that we get out of work and the time that the children get out of school don't always coincide. So if you don't have help from a family member, then, you know, the child may be away from you for, you know, sometimes 10 hours out of the day. So that is also something that um, contributes to our emotional hygiene and um, plenty of people do not feel empowered to embrace um, the fact that, you know, our children are our most precious commodity and they come first before any job, you know. So I would say that having uh, good emotional hygiene when it comes to taking care of the children and the family would be basically to put the family first. Um, that may mean... Uh, you won't conform or you won't fit into the standard uh, work hours of um, the society. But um, I know that when we hold our space, especially um, when it comes to the family and the children, I'm confident that if we all held our space and put the family and the children first, that society would have to conform. But a lot of what's happened is, um, we have not been conditioned to put the family first, and the children spend long hours away from home. And when they when we do pick them up, they're uh, they want to spend time with us, and we're tired because we've given the most um, our day and a lot of our energy to the job. That's so true, Sharon. And when you think about it, it's that's not only um, emotional hygiene that is not, you know harmonious for yours, for the for the adult, but also the, ch- the child. The child is also being affected because True. they're not getting the time and nurturing that they need. You know, and 
for example, you know, you're hearing so many um, um, explosive behaviors around, um, you know, different states and different schools. And I remember seeing um, on the news there was a school that was locked down. And then from once that school got locked down because of a bomb threat, several schools had to be shut down. You know, and I was talking to a parent about homeschooling, and at that time the parent's reaction was, um, oh, yes, I heard about that. I, yeah, I heard about that, but I can't homeschool. Right now I have to work a job. And the person seemed so irritated, like, it doesn't matter what's going on in the school and that you don't like your job, it still came first. You know, that parent didn't realize that the universe will support you, you know, once you decide that this is what you want to do, this is what is going to, this is what you want the support in, you know. So I, I see that, you know, like you said, the emotional hygiene for someone, it's, like when it comes to doing what they truly want to do, um, they're not realizing that it's really putting a burden on them to continue to trod into doing something that is not in harmony, which is not allowing them to express their joy or their talent. Right. And like you said, what effect is it having on the child? And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I see... I see a need for, you know, women of all hues to basically stand together when it comes to that. You know, we there are some cases when we need to homeschool the children. Can now imagine how it would look if all women said, Okay, my children come first, I can't work a forty hour work week but um I can come in, you know, four to five hours a day while the children are at school or while I um have a family member watch them, but I can't do an eight-hour day now uh, or even a 12-hour day, which is, you know, a really long day to be away from your child. Now, if one or two women did that, it may not go over, but if, if all women stood and said, no, our children come first and this is what we want, and if you don't allow us to do that, well, we're just going to stay home with our children. Think about the effect that that would have. We would be supported. We would be supported because, you know, once we put our children first and we're, we're, we're doing the right thing, I know the universe would do the rest. So I see that as uh, that's a great thing that women could do for emotional hygiene, and it would have to take place across the board. You know, it, it's, it's sad, um, or I, I don't even want to use the term sad, but it's just interesting to me that after so many years, of uh, race racism in, in America that in 2014 not a lot has changed and I think women have a big role to play in that as the creators. You know, we're the ones bringing forth the children and we need to have a say in how the children are raised. Why are men making the rules when they don't, for the most part, have to cook the dinner, you know, take care of the home, and raise the children and teach the children. Some men do um, support 
give a lot of support in that role, but it's mostly the women doing it. So why can't we make that change and say that's what we need in order to um, basically provide for our children what they need so that they can get the teachings they need at home? We would be able to set the standard because that is the way it was in the past. The women did stay home and nurture the children. Um, Over the years, it has changed that not only are the women um, not doing that as much anymore, at least not devoting most of the time, they're they're going out and they're working and they're coming home and still playing that role. And, you know, working so many hours, you get home, um, I'm sure... After a long day like that, the individual is tired because I've experienced it before. Um, tired, and then you come home and you you have to continue where you're taking care of your children to to find food, to make sure that they're doing homework and so on, and not putting, not even taking care of yourself. So this is where you see um, sometimes people may be. Um, emotionally stressed because of doing so much and probably not um, appreciating that that they have to do this, you know? So um, if women I mean, were I've... to come together, that would, be, that would be a big force right there because, you know, and it would be um, less burden on the men too, you understand? You, you, you come home to a happier home. And also, I see it as a way to, like, actually, you know, we need to end this, the racism thing, you know. Yes, melanin-dominant people, yes, we're pro-melanin-dominant pro brothers and sisters. And the non-melanated people, yeah, love your non-melanated brothers and sisters too, but we all have to come together on a bigger ground since we all do share the planet and we're sharing the resources. So... I just see that women could basically start that movement and, you know, we would have to basically um, embrace our our receptive sisters and, you know, they have a lot of uh, knowledge that they could share with us, but we as the mothers of creation too have a lot to share with them. But, you know, we as women have to basically step up and hold our place in society and, you know, the whole women's liberation movement that came about in, what was that, the 70s or the 60s? I don't even remember, but Before what, that, yeah. what did that really do for, for women? I'm not sure that women are getting the same pay as men, you know, because there's a lot of secrecy out there. Yes, you can hold certain positions, but for the most part, you know, they're still bringing home the bacon. They still got to fry it up in the pan and do everything else that goes with it. So it basically added more jobs to your original job. You're right, right. And you're seeing a lot more cancers now as well. You understand? Because you're not only having to deal with your feminine role, but going out into some of these workplaces, they're taking on a lot of masculine energy too. So it's, you know, I've noticed over the years you see a lot more cancers in women because of all these Sometimes when you think about it, all these emotions that they would have liked to express or not experience are being held. and Right, being held in the body and they aren't able to express themselves and it manifests as dis-ease because there's a disruption of the flow. 
Precisely. And that's just what the doctor was saying earlier in the article. So, um, you know, there's work to be done, and there is no room for racism, and we realize that there is only one race, and that is the human race, H-U-E-M-A-N, which represents all hues of mankind. So, um, you know, I say women, you know, we need to step forward and work together for the benefit of the family. Well, that would be a great thing. So I'm here just looking through my magazine. I I love this um, well-being journal. It comes out like every three months, and all of the articles in here are um, articles that you can read that would benefit. Everybody can find something in this book that um, benefits them. And I'm looking at this article in front of me called Laughter as Medicine, and basically talking about using laughter to decrease stress and also to help us process our food better and increase the power of our immune system. Um, Researchers have found that laughing increased blood flow by as much as a 15 to 30-minute workout. Wow, that's impressive. They did a study um, in 20 health and healthy men that um, all of the men basically watched a stressful film and then they watched a funny film. And after seeing the stressful, stressful film, 20 participants actually had significantly reduced blood pressure. And after watching the funny film, 19 of the 20 volunteers had significantly increased blood flow. So that's really interesting. But, you know, we have to basically pay attention to the mind-body connection. Um, Things that we experience, um, whether we see it as an emotion or a feeling, we just have to remember to stay present because there is a physiological change that happens in the body. And, you know, learning to speak from the heart, letting our heart lead um, a lot of times can can um, guide us because sometimes we're influenced by what other people say that may not be in our best interest. So you just have to step aside and slow it down and look at what is best for you. So with that said, I see we've come to the top of the hour. And I'd like to encourage everyone out there to please um, check out the Jewel Net, uh, Balancing at thejewelnetwork.net and check out our uh, fabulous balancing program. It will make you so much smarter and will allow you to use your whole brain as opposed to only 3 to 10% of your brain. And that is such a uh, necessary thing um, especially for the times we're living in, to help us navigate what's um, going on. So with that say, uh, you can tune in to the Jewel Network via Blog Talk Radio on Mondays to hear um, the Dr. Jewel Show. On Tuesdays at 5 p.m., it's the nurses, Sharon Cole and Carol Porter here with Hygiene for Humanity. On Wednesdays, we have the Dr. Jewel Show again at 5 p.m., on Thursdays, we have Music for the Mind of the Scientist with Maurice Thompson. And on Fridays, we have Bodies of Soul with Cynthia Callahan. 
And on the third Thursday or the third Wednesday of the month, we have the Melanology Hour with Dr. T. Owens Moore and Brother Maurice Thompson again. So I'd like to thank everyone for tuning into the show. It's always a pleasure spending time with you here at Hygiene for Humanity. And even though no one called in and there are no questions that have come up, if you'd like to share your thoughts with me, you can um, actually send me an email at hygienecorehumanity.jewelnetwork.net. And I'd be very uh, interested to hear what you have to say, whether it's feedback or you just have a question. It's always a pleasure to hear from the listening audience. So with that being said, I will talk to you next Tuesday at 5 p.m. And we will look forward to spending time with you. So this is Sharon Cole signing out. And Cal Porter, Nurse Cal, also signing out. And it's always our pleasure to be here with you. So everyone have a uh, wonderfully safe week. And don't forget to listen to the other uh, programming. And to all our uh, Balancing family out there, I am looking forward to seeing you at our upcoming event this October in Georgia, our homecoming and discipline workshop. It is certainly going to be um, an enlightening event, and you'll be taught practices that you can use to enhance your daily living and your manifestation process. So. Everyone have a great night, and I will talk to you next week. So peace and health. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Jewel Network. For our complete broadcast schedule, additional information, and to purchase products, please visit our website www.thejewelnetwork.net If you'd like to reach us, please send an email to info at thejewelnetwork.net